Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Born Yesterday, a podcast in which myself and Alexander Bennett Hello, that is me Have been cloning ourselves Yes, and those clones have had 24 hours to learn about three things, and then we invite brilliant guest comedians to explain other things to them, on the basis that the clones only understand three things. That's exactly right, Alexander. The guests have to use the three things that we already understand in order to build a web of understanding around the entirety of the rest of human experience. Our brilliant guest comedians in this episode are Luke Rollison and Will Seward. And the three things that the clones know about are... The Wizard of Oz. Skiing. And calculators. Andy. Yep. You have seen The Wizard of Oz. No, I haven't. For fuck's sake. <laughs> this is a running thing on this, is that Andy has... And I put down, uh, generally speaking, I, I, I you know, we include... Films that are really popular that yeah. everyone knows about and yep. has seen, and you've not seen The Wizard of Oz. It seems that I haven't seen the majority of what you believe to be the uh, sort of childhood canon. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, in, and indeed beyond. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to pitch someone a film that was made in nineteen thirty-two, possibly. Mm. A fair old fucking time ago. Yes. I mean, there is nothing else like it. It's yeah. apart from Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. That's uh, quite yeah, yeah, like yeah. it. But it's, it's yeah, The Wizard of Oz is, is a real, it, it's as classic as classic gets. Yeah. So that's, you'd say that's the most classic film. I mean, it's right up there. It right. really is. Okay. What's the oldest film you've seen? The oldest film I've seen. Yeah. And you can't go for the sort of horse zoetrope thing. Uh, no, the oldest film I have seen, I believe, is Der Golem, uh, which is a uh, German film about a sort of uh, a myth from Judaism about... The Golem, yeah. The Golem, yeah. yeah. So uh, you're on we, Letterboxd. 
What are you giving it? <laughs> the golem? Yep. Um, well, uh, uh, it seems unfair to judge films by our modern standards. Yeah, gun to your head, though. Gun to your head. I mean, the golem is rubbish. Fucking commodes there. <laughs> and he's not messing around. He wants a rating. He wants a rating of the golem. Yeah. Okay, well, Mayo's egging him on. Well, all, all of the German black and white silent cinema I've seen, De Golem was, I think, the one I enjoyed the least. Um, <laughs> Bloody hell. But it's still... I, I find any film that is, like, a genuine sort of feature that is over 100 years old fascinating within its own right. Okay. So it's a four from me. Okay, lovely stuff. Great. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yes, that's the oldest film film I've seen. Mm. What's the oldest film you've seen, Andy? Uh, it's probably either um, Battleship Potemkin or um, yeah. and Shan Andalou. Yeah, yeah, both I of which imagine. are pretty old. Pretty fucking old, yep. Um, yeah. But, it's, you know, some some bloody weird stuff in there, eh? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I love Battleship Potemkin. Uh, yeah. Battleship Potemkin was screened in Russia on the side of trains. They would drive trains around because you're not getting yeah. the people that you want to watch it to watch it in a cinema. So you have to go to them, yeah. stop the train on the tracks, put a bedsheet over it, and then project the movie. Yeah, they don't do premieres like that anymore, do they? No, no. What uh, modern film would I would like- you yeah most like to see projected under the side of a train and where and what kind of train? Um, I would like to see uh, Happy Feet projected on a Japanese bullet train. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> um, other things about The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, a lot of injuries when they were making it. Right. Uh, the actress playing the witch, who's marvellous. She gets crushed by a house, doesn't she? So. <laughs> And there was a brief panic, and they went, hold on, this is golden. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Judy, can, improvise. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's kind of, you know, that's the same process as, as as Lynch has on on set, isn't it? Dropping a house on people. Well, no, but, you know, taking accidents of that kind in his stride. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, oh, no, a house has fallen on somebody. Let's make this a key part of the film. Yeah. Oh, dear, the sound man's in shot. Well, well he's the villain now. Oh look, she's she's bumped into a talking scarecrow. Keep mm. rolling. Oh, they're rabbits now. <laughs> this lion's very he's yeah. not as brave as we were initially. Yeah. Everyone else on set, you know, is seeing seeing that getting shot and going, yeah. Oh damn, that's an extra hour on the runtime now, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's you know, it's stud- it's MGM unions back then, I think. So they're mm. they're all getting overtime. So they're sitting pretty Yeah. They're tired though. Um a lot of injuries yeah. on the set of The Wizard of Oz. I believe the Wicked Witch of the West is played by an actor called Margaret Hamilton. Uh, and when she... Uh, first off, she fell off a broom at a certain point. From that a, can't be very high, though. I think it was quite high. Right, okay. So it was a broom and something else that she fell off. A, so broom. a broom and some wires. A broom and a wire. Right, okay. Yes. As if she just fell off a, you know, a, yeah. a floor-bound broom. <laughs> then. And and then she's complaining about it. You should You should... Send her out to the bloody Premier League because she <laughs> looks like after <laughs> these, you know, these these lads we have out there these days. Bloody hell! Yeah, 
you, do you remember? And you should send them onto the set of the Wizard of Oz. Of the Wizard of Yeah, do an exchange. Would well, you remember when Aguero got spat on and he started crying, "I'm melting, I'm melting," yeah. and sort of yeah. disappeared into the floor? I'm impressed that you don't strike me as a football man. But you've you've picked somebody fairly relatively recently out of the Premier League. Uh, as a reference point there. Andy, I know, as you know, almost nothing about football, but I do know about the Wizard of Oz. Fuck off, I've got a, I've got a, f- a fantasy football team. I wasn't implying that... I, I, I was trying to imply that you did know about the about Oh, the right. Okay, sorry. I thought you were coming for, coming for my lad card there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have the other type of card. Um, Margaret Hamilton uh, was also massively burnt... Uh, when she was, uh... when she was a witch, <laughs> but in the special, that's, you know, that's just that's just following the procedure <laughs> as it's laid down. Um, Since time immemorial, that's been what you've got to do if you encounter a witch. Fair play. Um, <laughs> do, do you think that the making of the Wizard of Oz was a sort of sing, so, sting so operation? You've, <laughs> so you've uncovered a witch. <laughs> Step one. Don't worry. This happens all the time. However, there are a few things that you need to do next in order to make the environment safe for the others around you. Um, Improvise a stake. A stake for a witch? To burn her at. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. It's two types of steak, mate. Three. <laughs> and counting. If we're counting dinner. <laughs> um... More injuries on the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, the ori- How many of these have you got? Because I do need to have dinner at some Quite point. Quite a lot. Okay. What are you having for dinner? Takeaway. Oh. Um, the original Tin Man. Yeah. Whose name I can't recall. Stephen Timms. Let's call him Stephen Tin Man. Yeah. So Stephen Tin Man was cast in the role of the Tin Man. Yeah. Uh, and they thought, how do we make this guy look like a metal man? Mm. So what they did is they just covered him in lead. <laughs> I was going to suggest that they give him colloidal silver, like um, sort of American Republicans started having a fairly recent who's turned them all blue. But that's actually worse. Yeah, it is yeah. worse. Yeah, they covered him with lead paint and he ended up in an iron lung. Um, <laughs> frying pan into the fire, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, Judy Garland was given drugs every day by the studio yeah, uh, to keep her tiny. Um, oh, dear. And, uh, what, you know, how big would she have become if they had stopped i don't think she was in any danger of you know right because i you know i was worried that there's some sort of king kong situation going on here and that actually what you were presenting as something bad was yeah. you know a charitable act by the studio we had, we had to, they had to keep funneling pills down judy's yeah. throat otherwise she'd burst out the top of the lot yeah You ever been skiing? I'm not finished with what the Wizard of Oz <laughs> injuries. There's a scene where they're in a poppy field. Yeah. Start snowing. Okay. Asbestos. Jesus. Yeah. What can you say to that? What do you want me to say to that? That's terrible. And you, you know, you're holding this up as an example of a. Uh, uh, an all-time classic, an all-time classic is. film, whilst also being fully cognizant of the trail, the trail of mutilated, diseased corpses lying in its wake. Do you think it was worth the price? I do. Okay. 
And it's that philosophy that I'm also bringing to this podcast. Do you think the crow was worth the price? (laughs) No. Brandon Lee's ghost (laughs) is in the cinema on premiere night. Good Lord. (laughs) Andy. Yes. What's the worst film you would die to get made? Oh, I think uh, I would would be considering, Mm. and it's not a film that many people I think have seen on account of how bad it is, but I think more people should see it on account of how bad it is. Okay. Um, I would consider dying uh, in order to ensure that uh, Steven Seagal's Out for a Kill made it uh, to a wider distribution. This is a film you've mentioned before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's great. Okay. That's the worst film you would die to get made. In the production process of Out for a Kill, how are you dying? Uh, probably failure to appease uh, Stephen's wishes, and uh, <laughs> just, and being what... being within the sort of um, I would say one meter radius in which he could actually affect any um, sort of martial arts so he, at he, that time. He just sort of punches your head off. Yep. Okay. Uh, I the worst film I would die to get made is. Um, Muppets in Space. Okay. And I just, I don't know, Sweetums falls on me or whatever. Yeah, he's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, have you ever been skiing? I have uh, the three-star skiing badge, which is the highest you can achieve on a dry slope. Congratulations. We had um, skiing lessons in primary school because we lived near a dry skiing slope. Um, Yep, have you? I've never been skiing. No. Well, stick with me, kid. You will be able to go downhill on an artificial surface slowly. Is that the with confidence, though? That's an extreme sport skiing. It does fit into that category. Yeah. Have you tried any other extreme sports? Ah, uh, crazy golf. Yes, I suppose that is an extreme Well, I mean, it, you know, perhaps if we're opening up the categorizations, that would be a, a crazy sport. Yes. Uh, there's separate... extreme, there's crazy. Do you, would, do you think that every 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 sport <laughs> has its own uh, crazy version? Yes. yes, I do. Yeah. Have you ever played crazy water polo? No, but I do have a friend um, who, uh, shout out to TB, if you're listening, um, what the who, fuck are you doing? Shouting out my friend. Okay. I don't want to give out his full name Okay, on a podcast. We're shouting out now, are we? Well, I have. Okay. Uh, that gauntlet is thrown down. Okay. Shout outs. Shout outs are in play now. Okay. Shout out TB, right. if you're listening, um, who has four national goals at water polo. Yeah. Yeah. And he says that it's an incredibly dirty sport. Uh, and that um, you know what goes on beyond b- below the waterline. Oh, well, they're really rough with each other. Yeah, they're grabbing each other's testicles, fucking sticking oh, wow. a finger up each other's ass, that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. Or anything to get an advantage. 
And that's water polo. That's water polo. So what's crazy water polo? Crazy water polo. You're ripping the testicles off. <laughs> There's no trunks. <laughs> There's no water. Everybody's in the nip. The ball's got spikes. <laughs> the ball's got spikes. <laughs> yeah. And somebody's at the side and they've got, got this toasters bricks. and stuff all plugged in around the, <laughs> the edge and they've got very long cables on them. It's in a pool yeah. which has power plugs, power mm. points on the side of the walls all around. Yeah. It's incredibly unsafe, but a special exemption has been granted to this one particular arena. Mm. For the most crazy of sports. And the fans are just allowed to piss into the pool. Yeah. 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 That's crazy water polo. They they only play it in, uh, well, water polo particularly popular in, in Eastern Europe. Is it? Yeah. So I think the Hungarians are very good at it. Huh. Uh, possibly uh, Bulgaria as well, you know. So listeners, you're getting a broader picture of myself and Andy's individual expertises. I know about films from the 1930s and earlier, and Andy knows about Eastern Europe and various sports. I have a very loose understanding of uh, the popularity of water polo okay. and the distribution of it. We've demonstrated yeah. certain knowledge. Thank you. That's all TB's fault. Shout out. Did you enjoy skiing? Uh, well, it meant that, um, you know, that took up a, an afternoon of, of primary school. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to that end, yes. Yeah, I've, I've 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 never been. I did grass boarding once. I think that is the closest thing mm. to skiing that I've done. That sounds dog shit. It was kind of fun. Mm. What would crazy grass boarding be? Um, the same, but you're just holding a big knife. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really have that much of a picture of what. It's skateboarding, but there's basically big tractor tyres on the skateboard, so you can go down hills. You ever used a calculator? Yes, many times. Great. So, Andy, you will be aware, of course, that you can write the word boobs on a calculator. Yep. You may also be aware that uh, you can use a compass to draw perfect circles. Mm. Or, if you're Leo Danstead, you can use a compass to stab me in the hand. (laughs) Is that a thing that happened during one of your mass lessons? Um, well, I've got to be honest with you now, it wasn't a compass, it was a fountain pen. Right. Do you still have the scar? Uh, it no longer appears to be visible, but I did for a while. I'd, I've still got a very, very mild scar of, uh, when I was 18, a friend stubbed a cigarette out on my hand. Sicko. Yeah. Shout out Lewis. Yeah. Um, but you can write boobs on a calculator. And you can draw perfect circles with a compass. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Andy, yep. is why is maths so sexy? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all riffed out. <laughs> Our two fantastic guests in this episode are Luke Rollison and Will Seward. You can find Will Seward at at Will Seward on various forms of social media. Uh, he is in Shitfaced Showtime, A Pistmus Carol, and that's on at the Leicester Square Theatre from the 15th of December until the 7th of January. So you can catch him there. Also, he does a fantastic show called Ghost Stories, which is always, in his words, knocking about in some forum 
form or another. Um, go see Will, Will Seward. He's fantastic. And you can see Luke Rollison online in many uh, formats, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram. He's probably got a TikTok of some kind, maybe. Probably got a TikTok. Um, Looking down his link tree here, he describes himself as a big-eyed, big-haired thing in a turtleneck slash physical comedy for popular people, and he really is very good at it. Um, The stepdad's nativity in support of crisis is on at the Bill Murray at some point. Um, which I can't check at the moment because I have turned my internet off for the recording. Um, he's done a lad Bible short. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter, and he's done a sketch about a bouncy castle with a number of a very other, very funny other people in it. Excellent. Very other funny people. Shall we get on with the episode, Andy? Yes, for the love of God. <laughs> Will Seward and Luke Rollison. Thank you very much for agreeing to explain a few things to us today. You're most welcome. Yeah, not at all. Um, myself and Andy, in the brief time that we've been, in the brief time that we've been, yep, um, we have come to know something of the following three things. Uh, we have seen the Wizard of Oz. Mm. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Excellent. Was it confusing? Deeply. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, as were the other two things that we've uh, gained some knowledge of, but we do at least know what they are, which uh, the second of those is skiing. And we know what a calculator is. Great. Do you know what a calculator does? Uh, It performs sums when you type numbers into it. Great. Ah, And you know numbers? We know the numbers that are on a calculator. Are we asking the questions? Yeah, great. (laughs) That's most of them. Yeah, Yeah, great. Um, Will. Yes? Bearing in mind the three things that we know about. Mm-hmm. In one minute, could you please explain to me who Claire Balding is? The time starts now. Claire Balding is one of the best people in the world. Now, in The Wizard of Oz, as I'm sure you're both aware, there are goodies. Uh, can you think of a goodie from The Wizard of Oz? Uh, Glinda the Witch. Perfect, yes. So imagine if Glinda the Witch really loved skiing. Um, okay. Right. Now... People who love things like to talk about them, right? The, mm-hmm. the Tin Man likes talking about how he wants a heart. The uh, one who wants a brain, the Straw Man, I believe, uh, talks about <laughs> how he wants a brain. This yes. sort of thing. Um, so imagine if, uh, is it Blender or Glinda? The Witch, the nice Glinda. witch. Glinda the Witch yes. uh, really likes talking about skiing, but she doesn't ski. Rather, right. she watches skiing, she watches others do it, just as you yourselves mm. watch The Wizard of Oz, and she then talks about skiing to other people who are watching skiing through a big old screen, very much like the one that you watch The Wizard of Oz through. Why does Glenda the Witch like skiing so much? Uh, back in the day, she used to ski herself. Not anymore, because she's now old. Your time is up. Thank you very much, Will. <laughs> Thank You're you. uh, the straw man. The straw man. Have you seen The well, Wizard of Oz? I, I believe it is a logical construction. <laughs> no, he's a scarecrow. Um, so in the, in your minute there, Will, you've explained that Claire Balding um, is one of the best people in the world. As well as that, you told us that Glenda the Witch um, likes to tell people how much she used to enjoy skiing. I think I told you how much she enjoys watching skiing now. Watching skiing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, telling yeah. people about watching skiing. Yeah. Thank you, Will. That's you. Exactly Thank what you. I was going to say. That's very useful information. Thank you. Well, 
Luke, uh, you've got your opportunity now to explain to us uh, who Pontius Pilate was. <laughs> you've got one minute. Your time starts now. I mean, you've seen The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Um, yes. <clears throat> so you understand um, people who might help other people. Yes. Mm. You understand figures of authority. The Wizard of Oz is himself a figure of authority within the land of Oz. Yes. Now, yep. I want you to imagine the bit from The Wizard of Oz at the start that was very sandy before everything got windy. That, but just that for the entire <laughs> duration of the film, right? Okay, so it's The all, whole film so it's all so Pontius, is in black and white. It's in black and white, yeah. Pontius Pilate exists in a film. <laughs> yes. Pontius Pilate, Pontius Pilate is the wizard. White. He's the wizard. He's a wizard. From... <laughs> right. He's the wizard He's a black from... and white wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah What's his a... relationship with Toto? Well, he's... Pontius Pilate is... Five okay. seconds. Yes. He's the wizard from the black and white pit. At the start of The Wizard of Oz, it's a land of Thank sand. Thank you, <laughs> Right. I thought I was going to be really... I was like, I'm going to be really good at this. <laughs> I- I'm going to tie this up in about ten seconds. Well, what do you mean? That is who Pontius Pilate is. Well, I think yeah. we've, we've got, you know, we've got a base of understanding now from which to work on, which is that uh, Pontius Pilate uh, exists in an entirely sandy yet black and white realm uh, and, and is, a, is a wizard. Yeah, as a matter of speaking, he's a, he is a wizard, I'd say. In a matter of speaking, what, thank you. What spells, just out of interest? <laughs> uh, he's got a good hand-washing spell. Uh, he's got that. I see. Well, that's all handy information. Thank you very much. Oh, Luke. my God. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm trying to be firm with them. Myself and Andy uh, have only existed in this space. But we're keen to lo- learn more about different spaces mm. that exist. Um, Will, in two minutes, mm-hmm. could you tell me what a bingo hall is, please? Your time starts now. With pleasure. Uh, now, uh, calculators. You're familiar with those. Yes. yes. And calculators, as you know, are full of numbers. But numbers... Are they, are they full of numbers? Oh, yes. All the numbers <laughs> live inside the calculator. And occasionally they come to the screen and go, help, let us out. And if you want to let them out, you can also <laughs> put them on little balls. Um, well, I'm going to have to pause you there, Will, yeah. because although myself and Andy are familiar with calculators, we were unaware of the sort of... Um, the summoning mechanism of the buttons. <laughs> yes, and the fact that the numbers remain trapped within yeah, the device. Yeah. Oh, well, this is it. Who they, put uh, them there? Pythagoras. Um, <laughs> who, who, who Pythagoras was, of Samos. Who, who, who was? Who's, who's Pythagoras? A very good question. Uh, he's uh, an he's a elderly Greek wizard, not unlike Pontius Pilate. Is he black uh, and white? Uh, he's from the past, so yes. Did they know each other? Uh, almost certainly not. They were many thousands of years apart. But if so, there's a terrible conspiracy. So, What's Pythagoras' relationship with Toto? Uh, I imagine uh, a benevolent one. Okay. Um, and uh, why did he put the numbers in the calculator? Uh, he, uh, oh, evil, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's a complex figure. So sometimes the numbers are released from the calculator and placed on exciting balls. Those balls are themselves churned up, much like a hurricane, as in The Wizard of Oz, right. churns things up and uh, they are released one at a time. And then the exciting part, people in a sport, just like skiing, manage to uh, place bets on which sequence 
of numbers will be released, which will be the best and most efficient at escaping numbers of the numbers. And sometimes they get it right. And when they do, they win other numbers in the form of currency, um, which is what they don't have on the farm in The Wizard of Oz in the first place because of the Dust Bowl. Right. Oh, my God. There's a lot in that. You've got five more seconds if there's anything else you'd like to say. Bingo halls are delightful. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Will. Thank you. So, in your two minutes, you've told us that numbers were trapped in a calculator by an evil wizard called Pythagoras, but they can be released by putting them on balls. Is a ball the only vessel by which a number can be... Oh. Removed from the calculator? Or? Not at all. No, there are many, many, many ways. But those balls are churned up in the tornado and released one by one so that people may win other numbers. Precisely so. And this is a sport like skiing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's possible that Claire Balding might comment on it, but I don't think she does. <laughs> Thank she used you, Will. to love it, though. Thank she you, used so. She it. used to be a professional bingo ball. Thank you. Thank you, Will. That's very useful information. Be careful what you say. <laughs> Claire Balding, right. if you're listening to this, I apologise. Do you reckon Claire... No, we can't ask questions like that. Never mind. Well, I mean, you know, perhaps whatever your question is, it'll come up in, in the next uh, round, during which, Luke, oh, I, would, I would love for you to explain to me within two minutes uh, where or what an STI clinic is. Your two minutes start now. Okay, well... Yeah, so we, we know what a bingo hall is, yep, don't we? Yep, we know it's, we a, it's, it's a location that's not in the film The Wizard of Oz. I don't remember one being in it, no. Um, so do you remember the the nose of the witch of The Wizard of Oz, the green witch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How it has a kind of unpleasant boil on it. Yes, and it's green. Um, and she perhaps doesn't want to have that boil on her nose. Possibly. So... What she might want to do is for it to be gone. Um, now, I'm not saying that the witch got the boil via um, sexual contact, but it's possible. Lou? Right. Yes. What is sexual contact? <laughs> yes. And how would the witch get the boil on her nose via sexual contact? So. And how does she feel about skiing? Uh, yeah, this is really simple to answer. Um, <laughs> sexual contact mm. is how um, you remember the Munchkins in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So do. the Munchkins are the size of children, and right. children are like Munchkins. In fact, I'm willing to say they're the same. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and if you want to have a munchkin of your own, it's possible, but you have to have sexual contact. Okay. Right. And and what are you can we just get into the nitty-gritty of this? What what needs to happen in order to invoke a, a munchkin? <laughs> and how is this related to the boil on the witch's nose? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are safe ways and unsafe ways of getting a munchkin. Yeah. <laughs> If you're not careful uh, when you're trying to get a munchkin, oh, Christ, what else do you know? Yeah, so you know how when you're skiing, you wear a lot of protective equipment. If yes. you don't wear protective yes. equipment when Thank you're munchkin you. getting, you could get a now. boil on your nose. Okay, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, man. This is what it must feel like to have a parent. Sorry, I'm touching. <laughs> I'm a... Yeah. Andy, would you like to sum up what's been said there? I don't know if I'd like to, but I'll, I'll attempt. <laughs> okay. um, my understanding uh, 
as of Luke's explanation of an STI clinic, is that it's somewhere where if the witch from uh, The Wizard of Oz had um, had got her boil via sexual contact, which is uh, something which... Uh, enables one to get a munchkin of their own. However, the mechanisms at play have not been uh, <laughs> revealed to us. If she'd wanted to get that boil removed, the STI clinic is where she would go. Um, and I've, I've, I can't remember. Well, the, 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 there are safe and dangerous ways oh, of yes. acquiring a munchkin, and the way to do it safely is to wear skiing gear. Mm. Presumably the goggles have some effect. Well, yeah, I mean... Probably a full face mask if it's around the mm. the nose. Thank you, Lou. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you've been of service. You certainly have. Oh God. Um, myself and Andy uh, are keen to learn more of creativity ah. and the world of art. Yeah. Well, in three minutes, mm. could you please tell me what happens in the musical Cats? Your time starts now. Well, now, the musical Cats is framed around a species of creature not unlike Toto the dog from The Wizard of Oz, but Mm -hmm. its bitter enemy. Um, Imagine the thing that Toto would hate the most. So sort of the the Wicked Witch of the West to the Glinda of Toto. Precisely so, yes. So um, imagine uh, a, a creature not unlike Toto, but shorter of snout, and pointier of ear, uh, around the same size actually, um, but less shaggy of coat um, and more cunning of mind. Um, this creature uh, was actually worshipped in ancient Egypt, uh, which is a place that was around at the same time as uh, the wizard Pythagoras. Um, but we don't need to know that. Okay. Uh, in the musical Cats, uh, oh, the musical, by the way, uh, it's it's a uh, uh, a stage production, so very much like a film, like the Wizard of Oz, like what you saw, but actually live. There is no screen separating you from the action, and just like in the Wizard of Oz, people sing all the time, constantly, and all those people aren't people. They're this other thing, which is called the cat, which is just like Toto, but the other thing. And if if we've already established that there's a clear sort of moral polarity between Toto and the the cat, mm. are all of the cats in Cats mm. evil? No, but some of them are. There is Macavity, the mystery cat, uh, the the evilest of all the cats. But for every Macavity, there is a um, I think it's Rum Tum Tugger, um, and also um, some of I haven't seen it. Does this um, mean that Rum Tum Tugger is is less evil and so closer to being? Toto than Macavity? To my understanding, yes. Okay. What's the control? Uh, well, it's not really an experiment, so they, they, they don't need I, Well, okay. I'm in, the, I'm in the midpoint between cat, dog. Oh, interesting. There is no midpoint. They are entire polarities. Right. So they exist in opposition to each other. Quite so. Okay. Um, so how does... You, you said that some of the cats aren't evil. Mm. So are the cats who aren't evil, do they become Totos? Uh, no, not at all. No, no, they are, they're distinct uh, from Totos. They're a different species. Uh, they, uh, if they were to interbreed, if they were trying to make their own munchkins, they would be unable to. The safe way. <laughs> yes. 
Okay. What are the um, what do McCavity and Rum Tum Tugger do in the musical ta- Cats? <clears throat> uh, McCavity and Rum Tum Tugger uh, engage in various human esque activities about which they sing, such Ma- as McCavity, for example, likes to steal things, much as the Wicked Witch of the West stole the ruby slippers from Dorothy. Uh, Dorothy. Dorothy. Well, from the feet of her dead sister. <laughs> And uh, Rum Tum Tugger? Uh, I think he's old. Thank you very much. Your time is up. <laughs> you think he's old? I don't know. Is that old Methuselah? Uh, <laughs> old Methuselah! No. It's old Deuteronomy. Uh, it's the who one. is, in a way, Thank a wizard. You. Thank you. Thank you, Will. So in your three minutes there, you've told us that what happens in the musical Cats is the polar opposite of dogs, which look slightly different and are evil. Mm. Um... Uh, they do human activities mm-hmm. whilst constantly singing. Precisely so. Yeah, such as being old. Yeah. Activity. <laughs> Thank you, Will. That's You're most welcome. Extremely useful information. Christ. Luke. Yeah, I'm going to keep this under control. Luke, Luke, Luke. Yeah. Could you uh, tell me about uh, Jekyll and Hyde in three minutes? The time starts Starting now. now. Yeah. So Jekyll and Hyde are pretty much as we imagine um toto to mccavity the cat right but imagine if toto and mccavity the cat were not dogs or cats but people mm-hmm. okay. like claire balding right and um they were contained within one body right so um could it be claire balding's body <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um it it is not in the story of Jekyll and Hyde, but mm. I believe the author, Robert Louis Stevenson, is attempting to suggest that all of us could contain within us both a Toto and a McCavity. What's well, an author? Oh, an author is someone who, um, when they think of something that is not real, for example, the Wizard of Oz, yes. they can make it exist in a way that means that other people can see it like it is real. So that could be in a book or a film or theatre, as I believe Will explained, which is a film, but they're there. <laughs> they're, the, they're, they're the man behind the curtain. Or uh. the person. They're the, they are, for example, the Wizard of the Wizard of Oz, but... Mm. It, but, but there's another curtain behind the Wizard of Oz, which is where Robert Louis Stevenson is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert Louis Stevenson is behind a curtain behind the Wizard of Oz, right. in very many ways controlling that wizard. And he has another curtain, and behind that is Claire yes. Balding, with inside her is Toto and McCavity. <laughs> <laughs> and any point she could become more like toto or more like mccavity the mystery cat yes how would these transformations affect her opinion on skiing (laughs) (laughs) well it would it would um it would change them completely so Mm. when she is more like toto Mm. she admires skiing and likes to talk about it yet when she's in her mccavity form (laughs) she might be more predisposed to stealing well this is very interesting because earlier on Yes. Uh, earlier on, Will said that there is no midpoint between uh, Totos and Cats, mm. um, but mm. it turns out that there is a midpoint, and it's Claire Balding. Yes. So I think yes. That, you know we're we're understanding more about the world and morality here, which is really uh, useful. How did she get a Toto and a Macavity inside of her? A uh, potion. A potion is a drink 
that a wizard makes. For example, Pythagoras. Mm-hmm. Okay. What sort of drink would Pythagoras make? <laughs> <laughs> um, Pythagoras would have made an old drink in black and white. <laughs> Uh, and it would have had three points like a triangle. Okay. And very quickly, what's a triangle? Really simply, a triangle is like a head. Thank you. Thank but you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, we really appreciate the information, Luke. I should said like yeah. a ball. I um, know what a ball is. Andy, would you like to uh, sum up what's been said there? Certainly. Within Claire Balding, there's a cat and a dog. <laughs> uh, thanks to a potion. Uh, it's it's unclear what uh, brings out these two different forms, but they have <laughs> diametrically opposed opinions on skiing. Mm. Uh, and a triangle <laughs> is, is like a like a like a head. <laughs> like a head. Can we remember that Robin Lewis Stevenson is behind a curtain? Well, that was yes. A, well, that was the thing I was going to come to. Is that, okay. Is that behind a curtain behind Claire Balding is Robert Lewis Stevenson, and behind there is the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And presumably. Uh, this goes on forever. Yes. There's a yeah. network of curtains mm. yeah. surrounding mm. Robert. Thank you, Luke. Brilliant. <laughs> if you draw a curtain and Robert's there, that's how you know you're a fiction. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. What if Claire Balding's there? If Claire Balding is there, you're a fiction within a fiction, like a story within a story. For example, um, no, there aren't any. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've been the first of your kind. That's exciting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Myself and Andy have only existed 
briefly. Um, but we're aware that things existed before myself and Andy, mm. and we're keen to learn more about them. Will, in three minutes, could you please tell me about the invention of fire? Your time starts now. <laughs> ah, very well. Um, now, fire. Let's start from first principles. Are you both familiar what fire is? Uh, no. Right. If you were, uh, I, I'm assuming you watched um, The Wizard of Oz on a televisual device, uh, a large cuboid thing with a glass front. Yeah, we saw yeah. it on a large cuboid. Brilliant. If you were to take one of those large cuboids and hurl it onto the ground, it would explode. Uh, an explosion would the munchkins a- come out? <laughs> <Would> the munchkins <laughs> come out? <laughs> they would not. They would be destroyed in the explosion. Okay. As would so the entirety not, of that film. That's not sexual contact then, because I thought if you no. broke open the television yeah. and the munchkins came out, that's a way of making munchkins. But no, it doesn't no. sound safe, so it's probably no, the, the dangerous The way. munchkins would not come out. They would be destroyed, along with any <laughs> potential munchkins or other uh, things that may lurk within the, the, the television. Okay. Um, would you have to sweep the dead ones away? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they'd be, they'd be consumed by ash. Um, <laughs> You'd get yeah. a boil on your nose, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but not a boil from sexual contact. you get a boil from, oh, heat. Um, right. Now, heat is generated by fire. Uh, imagine, if you will, the color orange. Uh, the, the Munchkins. I, uh, uh, do any of them wear orange? The What's mayor, orange? The mayor. The mayor of the Munchkins wears orange. Thank you kindly. The the mayor of the Munchkins wears yeah. uh, the color of fire. Okay. Um, uh, but it it glows like the numbers in a calculator. It glows like the it's... sun bouncing off the snow. Um, and it's hot and it isn't to be touched. But if you're cold on a winter's day. Perhaps while watching the skiing. Why can't you touch it? Uh, you'd die. Okay. <laughs> don't don't ever do it. I, I heartily recommend not touching fire. Oh okay. no. Okay. <laughs> don't ever do it. Uh, so yeah, how was that invented? I hear you cry. Well, um, we didn't say anything. Uh, sorry. Uh, how uh, was that invented? I imagined you crying. Okay. Um, that was invented many thousands of years ago by a titan called Prometheus, who stole it. <laughs> what? Uh, he, yeah, uh, stole it so that human beings could have warmth. This what's a what's titan? Yes, no, I was going to pick you up. Oh, a uh, titan. It's uh, it's like a giant, but more evil. But this one was good. <laughs> um, right. Giants, by the way, are like people, like like us, but huge. Um, and in this instance, the titans preceded the gods. Uh, gods are like us, but powerful. Oh, so these no. were. So a massive Claire Balding in her in her Toto phase exactly has stolen fire mm-hmm. and 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 brought it down to we little human beings like us so that we could be warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I, I'm sure you're wondering. Are what we happened. but Munchkins to the Titans? <laughs> Indeed so. Indeed so. <laughs> Um, things didn't go well for Prometheus. He was bound to a rock, and every day his liver was consumed by an eagle, uh, a sort of giant bird. Thank you. Thank you, Will. <laughs> You're most welcome. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so, what you've told us there in three minutes is that Prometheus, who's a massive Claire Balding mm. in her Toto phase, mm-hmm. she came down to give us fire, and if you touch it, you die. Exactly. Mm. But this was considered to be a positive gift. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. It's, in, it's inside TVs as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it kills all of the other things that are inside the TV when but, you throw yeah. it on the ground. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you have been attending this well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Okay. Luke. Yeah, yeah, I'm so ready. Uh, you've got three minutes in which to explain to us uh, oh, what the 2008 financial crisis was. <laughs> oh, Your man. time starts now. Well, I believe... Um, I believe Will's already mentioned uh, money, which is what you get by winning at the bingo hall. Yes, and right? you don't have on the farm. It's a way of freeing numbers. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Beat them on balls or something else. Yeah, so mm. imagine if those balls were flat. Um, and you had, <laughs> and you had many of them. Right. Um, many, 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 many. But then suddenly there was too much... And suddenly no one knew what those numbers were all about. It was like everyone became like you again. And no one really knew if the if those numbers were worth the values that we have ascribed to them. You say people became like us again. Yes. Have people previously been like us? Um, when you are in your smallest munchkin phase, you are very much like the two of you. But you often poo yourself and cry. <laughs> so no. you don't yet to know how to use a potty or a toilet and you don't know words what's pooing yeah so pooing much as the bingo hall machine spews forth numbers so our bodies themselves free numbers from our own bodies okay. but it looks like mud I have a I have a couple of <laughs> questions here. Um, my first was how yeah. in, in the earlier explanation, read the bingo hall. It yes. sounded as if it was the will of the numbers <laughs> to escape from the calculator. Question one is: yes. Are all numbers uh, trapped within one calculator, or are there many different repositories uh, of all numbers? And do the numbers want to come out? So the calculators are all keeping track of one larger stock of numbers. Um, it, it kind of like stands in much as the wizard's v- gigantic visage stands for the small old man behind it who stands in for Robert Louis Stevenson who's behind him in a curtain. Now, if we just apply that to the financial systems, what you have is numbers in calculators which stand in for a wider, bigger store of numbers that just like the wizard everyone believes in, but mm. behind that curtain is is a kind of uh, a, a Robert Louis Stevenson-style figure, and they are called the bank. If the numbers <laughs> were to um, pull back a curtain, would yes. they see Claire Balding? I don't believe so. I think they, would, they wouldn't see anything, and that's what happened in 2008. Um, as Andy asked uh, about the numbers wanting to get out of the calculator, yeah. y- you said poo is numbers. Is poo trying to get out of you? Poo is trying to get out of you, <laughs> and we have to try and stop it. Okay, <laughs> Your time you. is up. Thank you very much. <laughs> We've poisoned their minds, Will. And their livers. It's not worth it. We shouldn't laugh. Um, Andy, would you like to sum up what Luke's just said there? Certainly. Um, in 2008, um, too many numbers were released from uh, a calculator, uh, and this caused um, widespread uh, lack of confidence in the numbers matching up with the numbers which they were supposed to represent, uh, and bankers were responsible to the, uh, for this. Um, and pooing is the act of releasing uh, 
mud from yourself. Uh, the mud wants to get out and it must be stopped. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. Very, very yeah. useful information. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Mm. There's so many different things to learn about. We're just going to keep throwing things at you. Oh, yeah. no, of course. Um, Will, in three minutes, could you please explain to me what AA, also known as Alcoholics Anonymous, is? Your time starts now. I certainly can. Uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, It's stood for by the letters AA, which is also the Automobile Association. The two are not to be mixed up. Um, How are they different? uh, One is uh, uh, a governing body of people who have cars. Uh, cars What's a car? Are, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're sort of uh, they're vehicles, not unlike the broomstick used by the witch in The Wizard of Oz, uh, but more mechanical and large. We were given to understand that the, the um, Wizard of Oz is a sort of ruling figure of Oz. Is yes. there a, a co- corresponding ruling figure in, in the AA? There is. Uh, his name is Caro, um, and he wears a crown made of uh, traffic jams um, and uh, wields a, a Mighty scepter, which looks like a gear stick, but we've become sidetracked. How did Caro gain his power? Um, mm. uh, uh, he was the greatest driver in all the world and the cosmos. And uh, is he an evil wizard? Uh, not at all. No, no. A benevolent figure who will help you out if you get stuck on the side of a road, but only if you pay him. He's not unlike a gangster that way. In any case, the What's other one. a gangster. <laughs> Fair. Uh, a gangster is uh, a criminal figure. Uh, who um, engages in not just crime, like stealing, like McCavity, but organised crime. Uh, he would be running that, a gang of McCavities. The, 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 mm. the, would the, they sing about it? Uh, if uh, in the musical uh, Guys and Dolls or Bugsy Malone, yes. Uh, the Munchkins were organised in a gang. Are they... Uh... <laughs> no, no, no. There are gangs within them. For example, the Lullaby League. The Lullaby League. The Lullaby League. Oh, my God. About the Lullaby League. And in the name of the Lullaby League, they wish to welcome Dorothy to Munchkinland. Are they gangsters? Uh, I mean, they're not not legit, are they? Um, <laughs> in any case, if, um, if, if your if your if your broomstick breaks down, <clears throat> do you have a choice between Caro and the Lullaby League, <laughs> or does one of them dominate the? Uh, the business. There are others. In any case, these are none of these are Alcoholics Anonymous. There is a sort of a potion. You remember potions? Yes. Uh, yes. One potion will make you woozy and strange of the head. Uh, it'll make things appear fuzzy uh, and uh, peculiar. Uh, it'll make you jolly for a while, but then it'll send you to sleep. People imbibe this for fun. Is that like the Lullaby League would do? Or? Uh, uh, lullabies can have a similar effect. Perhaps the Lullaby League are bootleggers, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that no. Supposition for the moment. Um, okay, so there's a, there's a a potion that makes you see things funny, mm-hmm. and you could be jolly, but only for a bit. Mm-hmm. It's a, a powerful and potent potion, and not to be abused. But sometimes people have too much of it and become chemically dependent upon this potion, and then then they need help. And there's a league not unlike the automobile association. Your time is up. Thank oh you, no! Thank you, Will. This this potion sounds very similar to the one that turns Claire Balding into either a cat or a dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say they're pretty linked. I would say mm. uh, it brings out the macavity within us all. Mm. Um, in your three minutes there, Will, uh, you've told us that the AA... <laughs> the AA... You look exasperated, Alex. <laughs> 
we're constantly learning new experiences and emotions to feel and it's it's hard to retain them all it's all helpful the the aa <laughs> is an organization that is not attended by caro or any of the lollipop <laughs> league um caro despite their criminal behavior quite so thank you uh, <laughs> you're welcome don't forget it also pertains to that powerful sleepy potion thank you <laughs> wonderful Luke, it's a world full of threat, boys. I would, uh, I would avoid it. <laughs> well, I'm uh, looking forward to finding out whether there's any threat in the following object, which is a high school yearbook. Three minutes. Time starting now. Okay, so um, you know how earlier I was telling you about how an author might create stories, um, the whether. Rob- the but, Robert behind the curtain. Yes, the Robert behind the curtain. Mm. Sometimes we are compelled to do this in a way that is not j- something just based off our heads, in our minds, for example, like The Wizard of Oz or Jekyll and Hyde, but maybe we might want to write down and tell stories about things that have actually happened to us. The high school yearbook is one such... It's very much the cuboid televisual device of your high school years. Are there any munchkins in it? Um, well, considering that we were all once munchkins produced in the safe way, yes. If, if you were to throw it on the floor, would that kill everyone within? <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's what makes it different from a televisual cuboid device. There is no fire inside a high school yearbook. What there are is um, written accounts of memories and pictures of you and your chums from the times when you were munchkins produced in a safe way. What are chums? Ah, a chum is a friend. Um, We can only assume that the the folk within the Lullaby League are all chums. Um, Me and Will are chums. You and Alex. Alex, you and Andy are chums. And perhaps this, what we're doing currently is, is turning us all into chums. Is we, there is there a sort of threshold at which one becomes a chum? Uh, yes, there is a threshold at which one becomes a chum, and often it's through the uh, it's it's through experiencing things together, and then um, this is the reason why people want to put things in the high school yearbook so they remember things they did with their chums and to create those bonds stronger. Um, because they will be in the past, otherwise forgotten. What's a high school? Yes, that's. I was hoping you'd <laughs> ask that. A high school is very much like a bingo hall. <laughs> um, but instead of going there when you are old, which like old Deuteronomy or Rum Tum Tugger, you go there when you are young. You would and, like go there when you're a munchkin. Yes, it's where they put the numbers in you. Uh, and it's your and job you. to keep them in. <laughs> and not poo. <laughs> right. So we... Okay, so we're building... It's where you learn how to keep poo in. Right. And you want to remember that. Yeah. You want to remember that time, yeah. So you write, you write it all down. For example, if you two forgot everything we taught you today, it would be mm. a great shame. If mm. one were to, whilst at high school, release some of the mud that you were duty-bound to retain, <laughs> ah! would that push you further down the chum threshold? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're not wrong. I believe... <laughs> If you release your number mud, you, <laughs> you. when you release your thank number you, mud, thank it, you. Yeah, thank you very much for the information. It removes your really index. It. Thank you. Oh Christ! Um, I don't know who that is. Um, Andy, uh, I'd like to sum up what's been said there. Certainly, uh, I. Uh, 
A high school yearbook is a, a written account of one's time at high school. However, it, it differs from a, uh, a television or a, a visual cuboid in that it won't destroy everything within it if you were to throw it on the floor. Yeah. High school is somewhere where you are sent to learn how to retain mud, number mud, uh, from what I've heard. Um, if you release your mud, uh, fewer of your uh, cohort will be chums with you. Um, chumhood is something that's attained once a certain mysterious threshold is reached. And the uh, the yearbook <laughs> is an object um, that uh, carries with it an account yes. of um, your time spent with your chums being filled with mud. Yeah, and you'll forget about it if you don't have this object. Mm. Thank you, Luke. Yeah. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you both. Oh, no. <laughs> Will, we are fascinated by human behaviour and uh, in how humans interact with the world. Mm. Um, in three minutes, could you please explain to me what I would be doing were I to set a mouse trap? Ah. Your three minutes start now. Now, there are other beasts in the world that are not... Dogs like Toto or cats like Old Methuselah. <laughs> okay. Uh, some of them are smaller. Uh, again, they resemble uh, these other animals in, in many ways. They are quadrupeds. They they walk upon four legs and, and they're they are, covered in fur. They are operating on an entirely different um, sort of scale of morality to the cat and the dog. Oh, absolutely. Their okay. morality is centered around a substance called cheese, uh, which they prize above all other substances. What is cheese? Uh, it is uh, made of milk, which is a white substance excreted by yet another creature. In fact, by all mammals. Uh, mammals, all three creatures I've described so far are mammals, but the cheese... What are mammals? <laughs> mm. uh, mammals are a, uh, a variety of creatures. So we're all creatures around this table at mm -hmm. these microphones. The uh, four-legged beasts are also creatures, uh, and all of us would come under the blanket term of mammals. Uh, one of the things that makes you a mammal is your ability to produce milk. Um, and uh, yeah, that milk can be turned into cheese. Some cheese is horrible. The cheese of the cow is delicious cheese. Is, is mud a type of milk? Uh, no, never, ever attempt to make cheese out of the mud that is to be kept inside you at all decent times. Uh, I, I can't stress that highly enough. D do not attempt to make poo cheese. You'll lose your chums. You will. You will. <laughs> your, your chums will fly from you like um, uh, flying monkeys from something Oz. they dislike. Yes. Um, so, yes, um, mice. Um they like cheese, but then so do we, so do people. And what are you to be doing if <laughs> if all your cheese is being stolen by mice? What would you do? What would you do? I'll tell you what you'd do. You'd create a mouse trap. Um, <laughs> they're, um... They come in various types. They're either humane or inhumane. Um, the humane ones are nice to the mice. The inhumane ones are sort of objectively universally evil, but perhaps more efficient. Uh, they have a, a spring mechanism which horribly kills the mouse. How? 
How? Oh, um, I think it breaks its back. Um, <laughs> it's really unpleasant. Um, At the moment, I, again, the, I, I, the... I recommend the use of the humane ones. <laughs> Slower. But would, would you care to speculate? <laughs> but you keep your soul. Upon... <laughs> The moment at which the mouse's back is broken, does its will to retain its mud? <laughs> oh, I think its its will uh, mud considerations go out of the window. Your time They're, is they... up, Will. Thank you very much. Your time is up. <laughs> Death is the loss of the will to retain your mud. All chums are forgotten. <laughs> Death is the forgetting of all chums, the loss of all yearbooks. Oh man, Alexander, if you'd care to uh, sum up what we've heard there. Yeah. Um, so, um, if I were to set a maestro, <laughs> I'd be trying to stop a small mammal that is obsessed with stealing cheese. <laughs> <laughs> By breaking its back so it voids its mud. <laughs> More or less. Thank you, Will. You're very welcome. Okay. Uh, Luke. Yeah, I got this. Wonderful. I would be incredibly grateful if you could... In control. Explain to us what you would be doing... If you were train spotting, your time starts now. Well, I believe we covered cars, did we not? They're they're, they're, they're big broomsticks they're under big, the dominion of Caro. <laughs> big broomsticks <laughs> under the dominion of Caro. Mm. Now, imagine if you will, only one witch may ride a broomstick. This we know. So, <laughs> what if many witches decided to ride and Caro would not allow them? What if they put those broomsticks together end upon end? Um, much like how we drink milk. Um, so, you, you put your broomsticks in a, in a long line, a queue, if you will, um, your broomsticks are queued together mm. and then they would run in a specific direction in order to transport as many witches or merely people from um, one train station to another train station. And there are other people who don't want to ride the trains but simply wish to see them. Um, they are, that's their hobby, that's what they enjoy doing, um, and they might look through binoculars to have a look at the, 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 the lines of what witches a, what, as they go. What are binoculars? Hmm. Binoculars are, well, you're well aware of seeing, um, imagine if you wanted <laughs> you, you to... make an assumption there, but okay. If you wished to watch The Wizard of Oz on a cuboid televisual death device <laughs> but um, you didn't want to get close for reasons of safety you, in case, you could in case all the munchkins come out in case the munchkins come out in case they erupt in flames you would use a pair of binoculars which look very much like two tubes you hold them over your eyes and mm. then your eyes are rendered closer to the cuboid televisual device so the, the eyes go further away from you using these tubes. It's more like the light enters the tubes and it, it feels like it gets there quicker. The what's, light gets quicker. Light? light is what comes out of cuboid televisual devices and it is pretty much the reason why everything exists. Yeah. 
Okay. Please explain that relationship. Mm. Simple. Um, we don't know how it began, but at one point light started coming into our world, Simple. heating things up and making them good. Uh, <laughs> before that, everything was rubbish. And is this related to the heat that came comes from fire? Yes, it's very related to the heat that comes from fire. Okay. Um, because fire is with, as we know, fire is within televisual devices. Yes. Fire and light comes from something called the sun, okay. which is a well, big. Well, 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 fire fire comes, comes from, from a massive Claire Balding. Yes, Claire Balding got it from the sun. Okay. Right. Uh, the sun is a large. Or a big ball, much like the bingo balls Thank you. in the Thank sky. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. <laughs> Fudge that up. Ah, no, no. The essence was there. Um, Andy, would you like to sum up what Luke has said? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Train spotting <laughs> is um, what some people like to do. Um, whereby they will go to a train station and use some tubes to bring their eyes closer to um, a long line of broomsticks, which which are walking, which are walking. Yep, they are they are walking forwards between train stations because they have been denied the favour of car ride, uh, and those on. On the train, uh, uh, cannot use cars and they can't use a single broomstick because lots of them want to go somewhere at once. Um, and then we got into what I believe to be a slight digression about the nature of light, which is which is something <laughs> intrinsically linked with the sun and fire and um, is what makes everything warm and good. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. You're welcome. Um one final area of human experience that myself and Andy would like to learn more about is comedy ah. and humour. Um, Will, the following joke is by somebody called Woody Allen, mm-hmm. and I would like you to explain to me in three minutes why it is funny. Very well. I was thrown out of New York University for cheating on my metaphysics final. I looked within the soul of the boy sitting next to me. Your three minutes start now. Interesting. I wonder if you could repeat the joke. (laughs) Certainly can. I was thrown out of New York University for cheating on my metaphysics final. Mm -hmm. I looked within the soul of the boy sitting next to me. Very well. I I think Woody Allen has misfired with this one, if I'm honest with you. Don't waste your time. It's not the best joke I've ever heard. Mm. Uh, What is the best joke you've ever heard? Oh, impossible to say. Uh, Jokes you see exist not on a a perfect continuum uh, which uh, has a beginning or an end. Uh, They're malleable and uh, they they flex and and alter their position on uh, continuums and and moral uh, good-bad things uh, wobble all over the place. Um, In this instance... Is there a way in which you would flex this joke to make it better. Oh, fun. Okay. Um, could you make it wobble in a more pleasing way? Uh, no, I, I don't think I could. I think one of the the areas where Mr. Allen, who generally is a very clever fellow, uh, has misfired <laughs> is by... <laughs> very, <laughs> very clever fellow. <laughs> in what ways is Woody Allen clever? 
Not the ones that uh, include sleeping with his daughter-in-law. Uh, daughter-in-law, his his fucking adopted daughter. Is he more um, Toto or McCavity, would you say? Hmm? Is he more Toto or McCavity? Oh, he's uh, a morally ambiguous, uh, clever fellow is Woody Allen. What's an uh, adopted daughter? But he didn't introduce daughter. me to... Um, oh. <laughs> ah! Uh, well, uh... In Woody Allen's uh, case, uh, <laughs> also his wife now. Um, <laughs> it's someone who is also your wife. Uh, not, not, not always. Not always. It's an atypical example. Um, and uh, yes, Woody Allen has been much questioned for it. Um, <laughs> I, I was thrown out of New York University for cheating on my <laughs> metaphysics final. I looked within the soul of the boy sitting next to me. Okay, so we'll begin with metaphysics. So you've... Um, 49 seconds. Oh, blast. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, metaphysics. Uh, it, it's one of the various uh, philosophical um, <laughs> doctrines. Um, you've, uh, uh, you've also got metaphysical poetry. Um, it's probably not what he was being examined on. Um <laughs> Uh, in in within the realms of metaphysics, uh, it might be. It's just a bad joke, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's um, uh, he's I think relying on the desire of his audience to appear intelligent, um, uh, to laugh along with him, uh, which is atypical actually of his humour. Um, he did a really good short story once about Abraham Lincoln um, asking a man how long somebody's legs should be. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, informative. So, the reason the following joke is funny. I was thrown out of New York University for cheating on my metaphysics final. I looked within the soul of the boy sitting next to me. The reason that's funny, funny is because Woody Allen is normally a clever man, but he married his adopted daughter. And is relying on the audience for the joke, uh, wanting to appear clever. Yes. Thank you. You're, you're most welcome. Luke, yeah, you could tell me why the following joke by a fellow called Woody Allen is funny. <laughs> Woody Allen? Mm. Oh, okay, good. Uh, <coughs> yep. I'm very proud of my gold pocket watch. My grandfather on his deathbed sold me this watch. Your three minutes start now. Well, um, comedy must be funny if it comes from a place of truth. An example of truth... <laughs> Is everything we've told you is true. Okay. We've never lied. Okay. Um, now, when someone dies and they void all their number blood, <laughs> often right before they do that, they might wish to give away things. Mm. We remember, for example, the red ruby slippers taken by Dorothy yes. off the feet of a dead witch. Yes. Um, in order to not let that happen to you, often before you void your number mud, you may wish to give away the cheese you have gathered in this life <laughs> to your own munchkins. Was, 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 was Dorothy taking the slippers to avoid the mud hitting them? Uh, Dorothy was taking the slippers... Um, I, they, they just, they just, as much as a mouse desires cheese, Dorothy desires slippers and okay. will do anything and she, and she to achieve them. doesn't care whether those slippers are covered in mud. <laughs> she doesn't seem to care. So she's got the same relationship with slippers as... Mm. For sure, as a mice does to cheese. Yes. And um, Woody Allen's audience would know that he has that same relationship to watches. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so knowing this about Woody Allen, um, he is the munchkin of his grandfather's munchkin. So really should be receiving the cheese before his grandfather voids all of his number mud. However, his grandfather, right before his back is broken by the great mousetrap of death... <laughs> Which is coming towards him on his deathbed, which is not unlike the wooden slab that the mouse lies upon as it's um as it is killed. Um, he doesn't give Woody Allen his watch <laughs> much as he knows Woody Allen desires it. He um sells it to him. Now I believe we covered the financial crash. It's exactly <laughs> transactions like this. That led to the 2008 financial crash. Would right. Italian's audience would know this? <laughs> they can see disaster coming. They can see it all falling apart. Watches are sold rather than passed on. We lose faith in Robert Louis Stevenson's control on the financial markets. The numbers run out of calculators. The mud out of your grandfather's body. All is lost. And we laugh in the dark. Uh, very briefly, what's yes. a watch? Oh, a watch is simply how we measure um, the passing of time. It's how we know that my time to answer this question is up. Uh-huh. And it is. Thank you very much indeed. Lee. Oh, Thank yeah. You so much. Fit. I feel good about that. Andy, would you like to sum that up? So, uh, the reason the joke... I'm, I'm very proud of my gold pocket watch. My grandfather on his deathbed sold me this watch. Is funny is because it relies on the audience of the joke's knowledge that Woody Allen has a similar relationship to watches as he as a mouse does to cheese in that they have a sort of monomaniacal desire to <laughs> acquire and retain these goods. Um, it is expected that Woody Allen's grandfather, before he voids his bowels for the final time, um, would donate the watch to Woody Allen, knowing similarly... Woody's desire for the watch, however... And because of their relationship, Woody yeah. being his grandfather's he, munchkin. Yes, the munchkin of, of his... Uh, of Yeah. Uh, uh, and the audience also understands the precarity of the financial situation uh, and that this transaction going ahead um, will ultimately lead to the collapse in the faith of the, uh, everyone in, in both numbers and the author. Thank you, Luke. Yeah. For useful information. It was a big joke, that one. <laughs> it was. It came at a really important moment in human history. <laughs> I'm really glad you guys got to read it. Fantastic. Mm. Andy, <laughs> at the end of all of that, out of Will and Luke, who do you think has provided the most satisfactory explanations? I must say it's been a really astounding period of time that we've all mm. enjoyed together. Mm. Um and the explanations that we've been given have, have given us a great deal to, to chew on uh, and also, I think, made us extremely conscious of the um, quantity of mud that is building up within our bodies and the imperative uh, to retain it within ourselves. I'm mm. sure that's something that we'll, we'll keep on. But I think out of the two sets of explanations we'd heard, I think Will's have been uh, covered some, possibly some slightly broader... <laughs> concepts but mm. it has been close I agree that Will has been excellent however given his 
explanation of the 2008 financial crisis mm. and of the just mentioned joke, um, I, I I would actually have to pick Luke. Sure. Well, I I'm uh, willing to defer to your expertise, whatever this means. Um, I don't know what expertise is. Okay. Um, so I don't know what deferring is. I just felt that I needed to do it. We could, in this instance, say that they are both the best. Yeah, I could take a draw. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Well, we will see. Would thank you very much indeed. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Arr. Luke Rollison, thank you very much indeed. I'm a nervous wreck. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, oh no! So oh. that's what it looks like. Oh, the, oh no, no! Look, look away, Andy. Look away. Oh, oh no! Oh man! Not what? away from this mortal coil. Watch out for the mud, Will. Oh. You have been listening to Born Yesterday, featuring Andy Barr and me, Alexander Bennett. I created the show, and Steve Pretty composed the music. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell people about it. Follow us on social media, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.